Welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Anna Butner, and this is the first episode of season three. So we wrapped up season two with an amazing episode, which focused on STDs and STI and closed the campaign that I had ongoing about um, couples getting tested before they get married and also couples getting tested inside of their marriages so that everyone is aware of what their status is when it comes to STDs, STIs, as well as HIV. Um, We had great feedback from that episode. Of course, I had my wonderful, amazing friend, Dr. Nafisise, join me on that episode. We had very great conversations. She was very engaging and had a lot of information. And this information was coming, of course, from a licensed a professional doctor. So I feel like the information was very much received by our audience and we had a lot of questions. We also had a lot of feedback. So I'm glad that that's how we were able to wrap up season two. Now with season three, here we are, first episode. I would like to start season three with a little bit of a honest conversation about Africans and our attitudes towards sex. So We can start by just discussing how we all have views, we all have thoughts, as well as beliefs and attitudes about sex, right? Some people think that sex is something to be ashamed of. A lot of us grew up in communities and countries um, where the culture and the religion dictates that sex is a shameful act, right? Whereas others are very open, they're comfortable about their sexuality, and they're very free. Some societies and some families are very comfortable with talking about sex, but most African homes are very uncomfortable with discussing sexual matters. They just prefer not to talk about it at all. So our sexual attitudes most of the time is shaped by our parents. It's shaped by our peer groups, right? Your friend groups. It's shaped by media or sometimes our teachers. So Depending on where you're born, depending on who your parents are, depending on who your family members are, your culture, your religion, and as well as your social circumstances, it will actually have a profound influence on your sexual attitudes. So your friends might be, for example, very influential in shaping your ideas about sex. So if you have a friend group and they're very open, they're interested, they want to know information, you feel a little bit like, okay, I guess it's okay for me to be curious about the topic of sex as well because my friends are. However, if your friends are like, oh, this is taboo, you shouldn't even think about that, we shouldn't discuss it, we shouldn't talk about it, you probably will adopt that mindset as well. So you might have friends who are eager to pass on the information, whether it's accurate or not, especially when it comes to dealing with young people. Um, There's often great excitement and a sense of naughtiness, right? When we talk about sex among teenagers, especially, but there can also be pressure to have sex or to engage in risky sexual behavior, which, you know, many young people are not ready for, but sometimes because of the lack of information and knowledge, they're pushed into it prematurely. So any form of taunting or bullying of young women with regard to sex can leave really lasting negative sexual attitudes that can be hard to reverse. So let's talk about being in high school, for example, 
and you know the boys all the boys have a girlfriend and you want a boyfriend so you feel like well all the girls that have boyfriends are having sex so therefore if i want a boyfriend i have to have sex so you feel the peer pressure to have sex just because you want to have a boyfriend so if you don't have an older sister who you could speak to who could guide you and advise you if you can't go to your parents for advice and for guidance if you don't have a trusted person you're left to just deal with the peer pressure and most of the time these young girls will fold so it's important for the adults that are listening if you have a sister if you have children if you have a son if you have younger brothers engage them in a conversation about sex. We have to get comfortable with having these discussions because not having them is clearly not helping our communities, it's not helping our children. So, if we talk about traditional and social media, we can all agree that it plays a huge role in shaping sexual attitudes, especially these days where young people have easy access to sexual information from all over the globe. Some of it is very explicit. This makes it super challenging for any young woman to find her own comfort level in the sexual world why because they have a phone all young people have phones i'm not even talking of adults i'm talking of young people have phones in their hands as long as you have a phone in your hand and you have the internet you have access to porn you have access to pornhub you have access to all kinds of sexual content that you might not be ready to consume or you don't know how to process it or you don't know how to unpack it so then you think these porn stars having sex is the right way to have sex right or you think you're supposed to do a headstand to impress your boyfriend or to impress somebody that you're dating or you think you're you're supposed to suck his dick the first date or you think you're supposed to be superhead you should know how to give the best head and you have barely any any experience or you just start having all kinds of sexual experiences because you want to be good and in this process you're exposing yourself to STDs and STIs again which is why it is so important for us to talk to the younger people in our homes talk to the younger kids in our families talk to our friends and If you have a friend who doesn't listen to this podcast and you're listening to it right now, please pass it along. Say, "Hey, Nay, listen. Um there's this podcast I listen to. I don't really want anyone to know I'm listening to it, but I think you should take a listen because I actually get to learn a couple of things from it." Share it with your friends. Share it with even your older siblings, right? If you're shy and you don't want anyone to know that you're listening to this podcast, that's okay. Keep it to yourself. Let it be your own little secret. But always come back to ask questions. You can always DM me. Always come back to listen so you can walk away with some information. Some you always learn something. So, if we talk about social media, Lord have mercy. Social media poses real risk especially for young people. Most young people know that the social media is not private, that the comments and the photos and the likes and all those things are open to the public, right? So young people you find most of the time are very vulnerable in the social media space because the vulnerability is coming from 
other people having access to them. And young people are also vulnerable because they can be exploited by strangers on the websites. They can be exploited by strangers on social media. They can be exploited by older people. They can be even exploited by their own peers. They they try to uh, to to trick them into sharing uh, sexual information or meeting for sexual activity. So it's important that those of you especially to the adults, this is going to you. When you know that you have younger children in the household who have access to phones, please monitor their usage of social media. Take their phones. Right now, there's apps that the parents can shut down the children's phones at midnight or nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. So they're not going to have access to any of their apps. Find the apps Download them on your phone as responsible adults and parents and monitor the usage of these children's uh, social media. Sometimes you think they're sleeping. They're not sleeping. They're on the phone and they're watching explicit sexual content, which they're not mature enough to, to watch where they don't know where it's coming from. They have a lot of questions and no one to ask. So they walk away making all the wrong assumptions. So I just wanted to share that starting with season three, we will get a lot more into trying to unpack what is it about our African upbringing that stops us from learning about sex, not just the health side, not just for family planning, not just for the pleasure, but as a whole, what are our attitudes about sex? And why is it so taboo and shameful for us? And how can we walk away from those kind of mindsets so that we can allow ourselves to be free? Listen, we are created as sexual beings. So we can pretend that everybody was a virgin when they were getting married and everyone, every child is coming into this world from a marriage where a husband and a wife, both of whom who are virgins and they're, it's, it's not real. It's not real. There's so much going on in this world, in our communities that we need to address when it comes to sex and sexuality and the culture of silence is not helping anyone. And I'm here to speak my my truth. I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. As you guys know, season one, season two, I give it to y'all straight, no chaser. And season three is not going to be any different. Now I said it was going to be light. So I'm going to get into the lightness of this episode, right? So this episode, I want to discuss what we call anniversary sex. So let's talk about anniversaries. There's anniversaries for when you're dating like young people. Oh my God, we've been dating for three months. It's our three month anniversary. I'm so excited. You know, that's young puppy love. Then there's anniversaries of, you know, grown folk who've been together maybe a year or two. And the girl's probably wondering, uh, when are you going to pop the question? When are you going to send the cola nuts to my family? Because I'm going to need you to start to put a ring on this. I need you to marry me. I want to start a family. And then there's anniversaries for those of us who've been married a couple of years. And we have had a couple of kids. And the marriage has been going on well. And we want to celebrate every year that we're able to say we made it. Because we all know marriage is a lot of work. So today's topic is going to be about um, anniversary sex, right? 
So we're going to start by giving, I'm going to give you guys a couple of ideas what to do to celebrate your anniversary. So for those of us who are sexually active, your anniversary is the time for you to just do something different and something fun. Let's be honest. It's the same or regular, regular vagina that he's about to get. Okay. It's not like you got a vagina rejuvenation surgery and all of a sudden everything down there is different. No, it's the same vagina he had yesterday that he's about to have today. The only difference is it's your anniversary. So you want to make it a little bit uh, special. And same for you for the woman, right? It's the same regular, regular dick you're about to get. That dick didn't grow overnight. Mm -mm. That dick did not shrink overnight. Mm -mm. It's probably the same skills that he's been showing you for the last 10 years that he's about to put down again. (laughs) Right? He's about to give you some good head. It's the same head you've been getting in this marriage for the last however many years you've been married. Right? You about to suck his dick. You're not about to come up with any new skills. I mean, it's been a good 10 years. You probably have shown and given him every surprise you've had in your back pocket. So it's not really about, you know, coming up with new new ways to just, you know, make the sex life different. It's just making it a lot more exciting. It's putting the pizzazz there. It's making the night special because it's your anniversary. So it's not just a regular Wednesday, right? So you want to do different things. So there's several ideas that I have. I, I I looked up at least five ideas that I thought would be great. First of all, we're in the middle of COVID. So that means travel is restricted. So the best thing to do is a staycation hotel sex. It's your anniversary. Pick a nice luxury hotel, make sure you save up for it and go to the hotel and get together. And you can go out to dinner beforehand, make sure you have all your sexy lingerie, get some candles so you can light up the hotel room and make it sexy and make sure that it's a surprise. If you're the guy, you're the one that's getting the hotel room, make sure it's a surprise for her, but give her enough hints that she'll be able to pack the things that she needs so that she won't be completely caught off guard. She shaved her legs. She was able to wax down there. She's smelling good. She's got her sexy Victoria's Secret or Fenty lingerie, and she's ready to put it down. Now, when it comes to staycations, um, it's very simple. You want to find a hotel that you like, You want to find a hotel probably that has floor to ceiling windows. The reason you want floor to ceiling windows is first of all, you get the view. So if you're by the water, you're going to be able to see the water. Another reason why you want the uh, floor to ceiling windows is to add in the element of being seen or perhaps being caught. It just makes the sex a little bit more risque. Like, oh my God, can they see us? Is anyone able to see us? We're all the way on the fifth floor. I don't know. We're on the ground floor. Can they see us? I don't know. So it just gives it that extra excitement. You can also go to specific sex hotels because in certain countries, you do have those sex hotels where these spaces are made purely for an erotic viewpoint. So you're able to get maybe ceiling mirrors, right? So you could see yourselves while y'all are fucking. Um, You might have some UV lighting or a big bathtub and y'all might get in the bathtub, get your sexy on in there. You can suck his dick in the bathtub. He could eat you out whatever y'all are feeling. 
Also, some of these um, hotels also have sex toys or even sex prop vending machines. Now, I know you can't probably find stuff like this in Africa, but definitely if you're in Europe or in, you're in the US, these are things that you will have access to. Another thing that you could do on your um, anniversary night is to have a playlist edging. So this is kind of a playlist of some sort, but with a twist. So either one partner or both partners can create a playlist with the songs that you like to do it to, right? So that when the music starts, it puts you in the mood. So you're thinking, well, what does the edging have to do with it? Well, think about it. If you have your nice sexy slow jams going i don't know maybe you're in the mood for a little you know reggae i don't know some people get turned on by reggae and then there's some people you know like my gambians that you know might want a little wall-off music right so you go and find you some royal messenger song and you play that and it puts you and your woman in the mood All right, there you go. You guys, I have definitely given you at least a few pointers so you have an idea what you're feeling like. If you want some reggae, you can play some reggae. If you're feeling like some Usher, go ahead. If you're feeling like some Alicia Keys, some Mary J. Blige, whatever floats your boat, make sure you play the music, you have the playlist. So that way also it doesn't stop. So it just goes from one song to the next because this is about to be an entire night. It's about to be a whole event. Why? Because it's your anniversary. So there's no quickie. You guys are going to take your time and actually get it in. Also, the good thing about um, doing your playlist edging is First, let me explain what is edging. So edging is when one partner is close to a climax, but then takes a step back to delay the orgasm. So this makes the sex very intense. So you might have um, either the girl, your wife is the one who's going to be doing the edging, or it's the husband who's going to be doing the edging, and then you have your music playing. So every time you come close to having an orgasm, you're going to stop yourself. And then y'all start all over again and the sex just continues. So it's like you're delaying the orgasm. So when you finally do climax, it just feels like your curls, toes are going to curl up. You'll be screaming. Your man might be grunting, holding on to the bed sheets, biting on something because it feels so good because of the delayed process of the climax. All right. Here's another idea. When it comes to your anniversary, you can also do something that's called dirty Jenga. So, of course, an innocent game of Jenga is tons of like fun when you go to parties or like it's a boring rainy night and you want to play Jenga. But dirty Jenga is different because what it entails is writing sexual acts on each block 
so that when one is pulled out, the sexual act should be done. So this is a great way like to incorporate some new sexual fantasies and ideas to do things that, you know, perhaps you wouldn't ordinarily do. So you could go so somewhere like from kissing to fondling to maybe some fellatio to some head, then, you know, you get to the intercourse part. Also, you could get very creative where you can write down what your fantasies are. Some people like their toes suck. Listen, you might be saying, ew, toes. Some actually do. They enjoy it. It arouses them. So whatever your fantasies are, this is an opportunity for you to write down your fantasies on the block of the Jenga, and then you and your spouse can have a good time. Dirty Jenga is always fun. So whether you're doing it at home or you're doing it at the hotel, y'all are going to have a good time. So here's another idea for anniversary sex. Sex bucket list bowl. So this is when you literally take time to write out sex bucket lists. So individuals, like yourself or your spouse can have several pieces of paper, one idea per piece, and you fold it up. Then both partners will place their folded papers into a bowl and mix it. Then one by one, a partner can pick a note and see what's written down in order to fulfill their um, partner's sex bucket list. So you can feel free to go as kinky as you want or you could keep it real sweet. You could keep it real smooth. It just depends on how you're feeling. But the point is, you're playing a game that is centered around sex. See, it's really good for us, especially as adults, to make sex fun, to make it very gamey and less serious and less, you know, I'm horny, come here, let's get it on. Especially my African brothers. I'm going to need y'all to step it up. I'm going to need y'all to understand that your women deserve you to take the time to entice them mentally before you even get to the physical part. I need y'all to understand that African women want to be wowed in the bedroom. Your big dick coming out is not the big wow. We're talking about anniversary sex. So this means the mystique about your dick is long gone. Okay, she done had your dick several times over the years. So do something to spice things up. Do something that's just going to make her feel like you put in a little bit of an effort to make the night fun. And same for you, ladies. Listen, your vagina is great. It's a wop. That thing is wet. It's tight. It's warm. It's gushy. We get it. But it's that same wop he'd been having for several years now. It's not a new wop right? So therefore, bring in the games. It makes it fun. Sex is fun when we make it light. Sex is fun when we also make it an event because it's your anniversary. This is the perfect time to make it an event, right? So we're also going to play erotic treasure hunt. Isn't it great? <laughs> These are the games that you used to play as children. Only now we're going to make them dirty adult games, right? So of course, this is a little bit different from the normal treasure hunt. So to have some fun, kinky time, one partner could create an erotic treasure hunt for the other. And this could include little notes with dirty messages on them or sexual acts that you could enjoy. So you could also go ahead and do 
um, hide and seek and hide different sex toys around the house, around the garden if the kids are not there and you have the whole house to yourself. And then whoever finds them, you're able to go ahead and use them on yourself or on your partner. So these are not ideas that are so crazy and out there. They're very simple, but these are ideas that you could do to spice up your anniversary, to make it feel a little bit special. So you and your partner are ready for the new year and ready to put in the work, ready to continue being kind to one another, especially in the day and age we live in right now, where you can't take for granted that your spouse or the people you love are going to be around forever. People are dropping dead from COVID every second, not to be morbid, but we need to appreciate the people that we love. We need to show our appreciation, especially our partners, because sometimes it's the ones that are closest to us that we ignore. So make sure you're having fun. I don't know when your anniversaries are. I have one of my couples. She is just a gem. They just celebrated their one year anniversary and I saw her post and I just was like, oh my God, I have to do an anniversary post. I have to do an anniversary event um, episode so that people can have ideas what to do on their anniversaries. Hope you guys enjoyed this. I will see y'all on the next episode. Thanks for listening.